Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show is made possible by our patrons, so if you would like to support us, we're at patreon.com slash twotownsover. If you can't afford monetary donations, we are also at facebook.com slash ttopod. If you would share us around and give us five-star ratings on whatever podcast you're into, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. living in the 80s taught me anything if it's bad it must be satan get back into the actual main episodes we might be able to find some that match what we need yeah but yeah as far as going to it for content i think it's pretty much tapped out yeah it's it's quick to tap these books out because they end up having like 20 percent of the book is usable content yeah at most and the other stuff is just kind of yeah exactly like the minute we get through all the sexual stuff, it's just kind of <laughs> it gets boring. Gets yeah. boring. <laughs> you know, I need a man who sticks his dick in a in a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, or exactly. Uses a fucking belt sander on his genitals for some reason. That was a good one. That was a good episode. I think both of those were the same midweek. Yeah, we recorded both. That was the yeah we did that and then we're gonna write into fucking uh anton levey or alistair crowley with <laughs> yeah, will. We did. so literally yes, that entire day that's was right just... because will showed up midway through yeah. the belt sander story yeah or no he showed up with the guy who used the fucking jump rope and stuck the jump rope into his penis i would have preferred if you said urethra whatever because <laughs> i remember i used will's line um did his penis slurp it like spaghetti That's oh my god tag of course you fucking did of course all right everybody welcome to two towns over and we are two subjects away from being done with the satanic sundays it's been yeah, a long, we are now long long literally more than six long. it's more than half of the year yeah we have spent on satanic panic yeah which maybe is too much. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's why been, our maybe life we is went just overboard. kind of fucking... Yeah. I had meant for it to be three episodes. I swear, yeah, the first time we talked about it, age... I, I've men- I've run this into the ground, I think. But the first time we talked about it, it was going to be like three episodes, and then we were like, no, it'll have to be like five episodes. No, I think it'll have to be like seven or eight episodes. That's going to be a really long series. And then we spent seven or eight episodes on no. just one subject <laughs> yeah. in the Satanic Panic series, and it's a total of how many fucking episodes long now? The Satanic Panic? As a whole, yes. Um... 24. Uh-huh. That, yeah, so... 24 or 25. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. It has been... It, it'll have been more than half of the year by yeah. the time the final episode of the Satanic Panic series If we record QAnon as two episodes, like two separate days, uh-huh. it will will be in July by the time we're done recording. Well, it's, yeah, I was going to say, and then by the time it comes out, it'll definitely be yeah, like o- over 50% of the year. Yeah. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> Definitely so, the most ambitious bullshit we've ever done. Yeah. So welcome, everybody, again to Satanic Sundays. I am Don. Uh, I'm Josh, a.k.a. the Big Book of Bullshit. And I'm Brandon. Yep, we have Brandon uh, again with us. Uh, you'll hear, you've heard him on a midweek uh, last week? I don't know. I don't know when the midweeks come out yeah, anymore. We're, mid- we're, yeah. too, we're too far ahead. Not in midweeks. Not in midweeks? Yeah, so the midweek that we record today will go out this upcoming Wednesday because... We took last week off. Shit. Yeah, so we're okay, going to next double week, up on we'll, the we'll, fucking, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as you heard, Brandon is with us. We do not have Ruben, again, uh, because we're recording this the same day. We recorded the midweek about the songs. You'll know what we're talking about. If you listen to the If mid-weeks. you listen to us. Uh, we broke Ruben uh, between West Memphis and McMartin Preschool. So, uh, he's taking a week off. But this week, we are talking about 
the Say You Love Satan Killer. That's we're doing another actual satanic murderer. Yep. We're really bringing in the tail end of the satanic panic with uh, a couple of actual Satanist murderers. Yep. Uh, this is the Acid King. This is Ricky Casso. Uh, something that I would have aspired for other people to call me in high school. The Acid King? Yeah, absolutely. He gave himself that nickname. I know. Fucking poser. <laughs> and we did have the guy that we bought our acid from, we called the Wizard. Because he brought us the magic. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Okay. So, <laughs> so on July 4th, 1984, police in the affluent neighborhood of Northport, New York, discovered a grisly scene in the Azteca woods, or Aztecia woods. The remains of a human body that had already been reduced to a pile of bones wearing a denim vest, running pants, white underwear, and Nikes. That's so, oh, you said Nikes, damn. I was going to say that's so punk, but. <laughs> and buried in a shallow grave. Next to the pants, I'm sorry, next to the grave was a black spot on the ground where the body had lain 10 days before burial. The bones showed multiple marks from the body being stabbed, and the eye sockets of the skull showed proof that the knife had been used to gouge the eyeballs out. Nobody ever thinks about decomp fluids in murder. If you're going to murder someone and you're going to hide the body, you need to also hide the decomposition marks. Yeah, but... As we'll get in the story, he wasn't worried about hiding the body. I know first. he wasn't. I, yeah. I'll have you know, I watched an entire 28-minute YouTube video about this subject <laughs> in order to make sure I was perfectly well-prepared. I think we all did. <laughs> it's really the only one that if you, if you don't pay for it. Yeah, Because there is a documentary you yeah, can buy. Yeah, Satan in the Suburbs. Well, no, there's one called The Acid King. Oh, really? It came out a few years ago, yeah. Oh, okay. If I'm reading a book on, on this... I actually remember my parents had the book, Say You Love Satan. Really? Yeah, when I was a kid. So this was 84, 85. Yeah. So I remember. It was one of those sensational true crimes that come out immediately yeah. after mm-hmm. a crime happens. Because I'm sorry, this was this was what year again? 84. 84? Yeah, so I was nine. Okay. And you were both just not even glimpsed. Not even a concept yeah. yet. Yep. You weren't even sperm yet. Nope. <laughs> so so this is the body of Gary Lowers, a local teen and known associate of Ricky Casso. I think my brother was born that year, though. Lowers <clears throat> had a habit of running away from home, so no one questioned him missing for a time. However, stories began to spread through the teen community that Gary had been murdered by Ricky. Stories that proved to be true in the end, and almost overnight, Satan had infiltrated Northport. Say you love Satan. Mm-hmm. So Ricky was a young boy. He had a heart of stone. He lived nine to five and he worked his fingers to the bone. You really doing a Dolly Parton right now? It's not Dolly Parton. Nine to five? No. No? Skid Row. Song 18 in life. It's all I've thought about while I was writing this fucking script. Because it's Ricky this, (laughs) Ricky that. Ricky killed somebody. That's what the song's about. It's based on a true story about a guy who accidentally killed his friend with a gun. Mm. But... It's not about Ricky Casso. There it's are definitely mi- not about Dolly Parton. No, I don't even know where the fuck you got Dolly you Parton. You said nine to five, and I oh. i guess my brain just assumed that the rest of it was... <laughs> <laughs> what a way to make a living. Yeah. So maybe it's, maybe it's that uh, closing time yeah. semi-turned yeah, light blur exactly. that I did. So Ricky Casso was born on March 29th, 1967 in Northport, New York, a well-to-do suburb of Long Island. His father, Ricky Sr., was a high school history teacher and football coach. Ah, It's always a fucking junior. (laughs) Uh, His father called young Ricky a model child and a young athlete. Uh, But by the time Ricky had entered junior high school, Ricky found something he enjoyed more than football. Ricky found drugs. Uh Uh-huh. Most notably, LSD. Relatable content. (laughs) Ricky named himself the Acid King, a nickname that would stick with him for the rest of his eternity. This is... I have a certain level of insight into, you know, not in, not in the 80s. I'm sure drug scene was different in the 80s. But I know dudes who did acid, like, the first time and were like, dude, I'm like the acid king, man. You guys should all start calling me that. <laughs> and he's definitely one of those fucking dudes. He took psychedelics one time and decided that they changed his life forever and they were going to be his entire personality now. Pretty much was. <laughs> um, yep. 
That's kind of just Ricky Castro for you. That it's it just from the very minor amount of research that I did about Ricky Casso, that is fucking that's exactly the type of dude that he was. <laughs> so um Ricky consumed marijuana, hash, <gasps> hashish, LSD, PCP, <coughs> and purple microdots of what he believed to be mescaline, but was most likely just low grade LSD. <laughs> He tended to consume all of his drugs, but had on occasion dealt drugs in Northport as well. Yeah, anyone who spends that much time doing drugs has sold some of their drugs at some point. It's just a thing that happens. Casa was acquainted with the members of a loosely organized group of friends who sold marijuana and referred to themselves as the Knights of the Black Circle. That was that was his. I thought. I thought they didn't become the Knights of the Black Circle until they were, like, establishing themselves as a cult. Uh, maybe. Different documentaries. Different, yeah. Different articles read. Yeah, it's one of those stories. On a 40-year-old crime. Has been muddled, exactly. Yeah. Four decades. So, after Casso's murder of Lowers, several newspapers and television journalists incorrectly reported the Knights as being a satanic cult. Casso allegedly participated in occult ceremonies, mostly in Northport, and celebrate, celebrated while Pergus knocked, which we've discussed before over many... We have, yeah. yeah. At the infamous Amityville Horror House in 1984. Wait, they celebrated it at the Amityville Horror he, House? He went, oh, he went to the house and did a ceremony in front of the house. Okay. Now, keep in mind, this was 84, so this was only seven years after... All the hell broke loose, supposedly. Right, but like somebody lived there. Oh, I'm sure, but people still live there, and people still go and do shit in front of the house, take pictures. Which is just disrespectful. It is. It absolutely is. Leave the fucking house alone. By the way, um, the Conjuring house, uh-huh. the parent haunting that we yeah. did with Bathsheba, yeah. they now offer, uh, you can camp on the grounds. Really? Yeah. That's a good way to make money off of that. Mm-hmm. Blair sent it to... Me and Ethan. Uh-huh. And Ethan and I were like, fuck it. Hell yeah, let's do it. She's like, no way, I'm not doing that. You know, there's demons. And I'm like, bitch, I'm a demonologist now. Girl, you sent it. Yeah. <laughs> but she was like sharing, like, can you believe people would do this shit? Uh, like, fuck yeah. That's we are certified. We are certified. We are certified. I wouldn't trust us to actually <laughs> no. exercise no. a demon. No, 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 no. <laughs> we used promo code BOO40. <laughs> To get our certifications, it's we're we're not qualified to do shit. Except we're about as qualified as Zach Bagans and we're his crew. Maybe more qualified maybe than more, Zach yeah. Bagan. So God, I fucking hate him. <laughs> so Casso also Casso also expressed to friends his interest in Anton Lavey's book, The Satanic Bible. Uh red flag number two. <laughs> He's a poser Satanist. Uh huh. So I, on fuck at, it, I God, I hate Anton Lavey. <laughs> So on at least one occasion, Ricky's parents admitted him to the South Oaks Psychiatric Hospital, formerly known by the much cooler name of Amityville Asylum. Asylum. That's rad. In Amityville, New York, for drug rehab and psychiatric care. In the year prior to the murder, Casso had been arrested for digging into colonial area graves inside a local cemetery. And less than a month before his arrest for this crime, Ricky contracted pneumonia and was treated at Long Island Jewish Hospital. During his hospital stay, his parents tried to convince the doctors to commit him for involuntary psychiatric care. However, the conclusion of psychiatrists is that Casso exhibited antisocial behavior, but was neither psychotic nor a violent danger. Yeah, I guess they didn't really have, like, Baker acting then, huh? And Casso was released upon receiving recovering from his bout with pneumonia. One of the local teens stated that Ricky got out of the hospital because he bullshitted his way out and just told the doctors whatever they wanted him to say. Yeah. Which I, that's the most likely story for sure. Because dudes like that are really good at that type of thing. They're manipulative. They they know what the doctors want to hear. It's the same thing as like when people go to the doctor in search of certain medications. They don't go in there and say, oh, I really think I need Xanax for my anxiety. They go in there and they describe symptoms of anxiety in hopes of getting the prescription. He didn't go in there and start telling them, I think I'm better now, actually. He went in there and told them exactly what they wanted to hear to believe that he was better. Right. 
So Ricky became somewhat of a legend among the drug community in Northport because of his ability to consume to consume copious amounts of drugs and still function. There were stories of him taking 10 hits of mescaline in one night. And another... No. Huh? <laughs> Why? No, you're not going to fully function on 10 hits of mescaline. <laughs> you can speak. Yeah, I know. Okay. He's just non-vocally agreeing with me. But it's... I... Two hits of LSD is enough to get someone into, like, la-la land. And you think mm. someone can just take ten hits and function? It it depends on a lot with acid. So, like... Yeah, and it was mescaline. I, so, I, I never did mescaline, but I'm still calling bullshit on being able to function on mescaline. But it, I, I used to be able to go out in public on acid. I did it on several occasions um it depends on your comfort level with the drug it depends on how long it had been since you last did it and it depends on uh just kind of your general personality too like I, I couldn't do psychedelics anymore i'm too anxious of a person now in my life to ever do psychedelics again especially after i've told my my famous mushroom story before <laughs> but no, when when I was younger, I would, like, there was a hurricane coming through town one time, and so everything was closed, and it was, like, just barely not bad enough to do a, a mandatory evacuation, yeah. but all the bars were staying open. So me and all my friends were going to go out bar hopping, and I was like, I'll just take some acid, <laughs> and went bar hopping on acid during a hurricane. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, one of my birthdays, I took acid and went out and it was it was great but anything more than what i had taken which at those points i think i took like half a tab of acid because i was like i know i'm gonna be in public i think a, a whole tab or two tabs on having not done it for a while before that i would have been scared for my life and it would have been one of those situations where like when you're on drugs you get paranoid you're like everyone can tell when yeah. you're on acid everyone can tell <laughs> All right, I'm going to pull I'm going to sound stupid, but what exactly is mescaline? It's uh, uh peyote. peyote. Yeah. It's uh, if you're in living in Las Vegas. I know, but I've never known exactly what it was. It's, it's a heavy just psychedelic like a cactus that grows in the desert that has hallucinogenic yeah properties. Mm -hmm. I don't know what drug is exactly in it, but uh, me so mescaline is the me the name of the drug. drug. Uh, peyote is the name of the plant that it's derived from, yeah. kind of like ayahuasca. Uh Condenses DMT. to DMT. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, it's just a heavy psychedelic. Okay. So this part of this, this line, the sentence, took me down a rabbit hole that I couldn't find any answers to. Another story told of a time that he went into the local graveyard mm -hmm. and consumed 10 bags of PCP in an attempt to summon the devil. No, he did not. Yeah. No, he did not because he did not die, so he did not. <laughs> so how <laughs> the, the the rabbit hole I fell down and I had to explain to Cindy because she saw my Google search <laughs> that said how much is in a bag of PCP because I could never find an actual what constitutes a bag of PCP. I would assume it's like a dime. Bag. I was going to say it's probably dime bags, which would be like May, like maybe, maybe so like if, grams of a if it's the same amount of coke that people usually put in a dime bag then it's probably like a gram you know i can hear right now i can hear cindy's heart just skipping beats <laughs> three weeks from now when this episode drops <laughs> because her son is using phrases like dime bags and <laughs> i mean they're just called dime bags yeah. That's that's not just a drug thing. They're just called dime bags. They're called dime bags because they cost ten bucks. Ten cents. No. I know what a dime is, dipshit. I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that they were called dime bags because they cost ten dollars. They were ten a dime. Just like there's a nickel bag. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Ricky uh right up. Okay. <laughs> So Casso soon lost interest in school and he dropped out when he was 16. But before he left school, one thing did pique his interest, the occult and Satanism. 
He found some books on the topics in the library, uh, and his interest grew from there. He began carrying around the Satanic Bible and regular, or randomly saying, Hail Satan. Such a poser. It's such a tryhard, too. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> So Ricky did everything he could to build up his evil street cred. In addition to the Walpurgisnock visit to the infamous Amityville Horror House, the spring before the murder, Ricky was arrested for grave robbing after stealing the skull from a colonial grave. Now, the conflict between Casso and Lowers had started sometime earlier when Lowers stole 10 bags of PCP from uh, Casso's jacket after he, had passed out, or after he had passed out at a party. When Casso woke up and realized he'd been robbed, he confronted Lowers. Lowers confessed immediately and returned five of the bags. I did learn about uh, PCP dosage. It's actually maybe feasible that he, depending on the size of the bags of PCP, yeah. if he had them in gram bags, then uh, 20 milligrams is what it takes to kill you. Wait. Mm. Yeah, 20 milligrams, milligrams. in one gram yeah. bag. Yeah. That would be... Point two of a bag. So, never mind. I misread it. He's dead. Ricky <laughs> yeah. Casso is actually dead. He's just possessed by the devil now. No, that's he, what it is. He did ten five hundred percent of the dosage that would just kill a human. Yeah, he did five hundred times. That. He is the acid king. That's not, not acid. the PCP king. That's not acid, and also acid you cannot overdose on acid. I know yeah. you can maybe like break your brain. Yeah, you can definitely forever. Like, put yourself into a psychosis, but not kill yourself. So, since he'd already smoked or given away the rest, he promised Casso he'd pay for them. Lowers mm. had to make. He was smoking the PCP. Uh, Low- or yeah, Lowers was. Oh. Well, that's probably different then, because I was thinking snorting. Well, I don't know. It doesn't say how Casso consumed his PCP. It just says that he took 10 bags of PCP. I think it would be harder to smoke 10 bags than it would be to snort. I feel yeah, like but smoking 10 bags? You, you get a more direct... It gets into your bloodstream better and faster when you snort it. If you smoke it, it's there's like a slight delay, and it metabolizing metabolizes differently yeah exactly it's the same thing with taking edibles or exactly Mm -hmm. different different ways that your body metabolizes things and gets them into your bloodstream yeah which fucking while we're here and because i know that this is probably a short episode shortish i am so fucking sick of people talking about fentanyl like being in the same room as it oh my will God. kill I've seen, you. Like, TV shows where cops are like putting on gloves to pick Microphone. up a microphone bag, like wrapped in duct tape, and they're just like, "Don't touch it; it could kill you." Ye- ye- That's microphone. Okay, am I too close to the microphone or too far? You were talking. You were to talking him. at. They're directional. You have to talk yeah. directly into them. Um. And I, what pissed me off the most about it is the other day I saw, you know, pe- people put out like uh, human trafficking warning posts, and one of the big ones that they they're always fucking fake posts. They'll they'll say that they'll put a, a hundred dollar bill under your windshield wiper oh, while yeah. while you're in the grocery store, and when you pick it up, it's coated in fentanyl, so it'll make you pass out, and then they'll human traffic you. No, they fucking won't, and someone just got $100 and put that in their own windshield wiper. That's not how they're fucking doing it. It. Who would give up $100 and their own drugs? Well, uh, the the idea is that they're they're going to get it back. Yeah. But I don't think fentanyl but can be really that potent transdermally. Fentanyl, just touching a dollar it's bill. not. It's not. There's a picture of a dude that had, like, covered his entire hand in fentanyl powder, like pure fentanyl powder. And he was like, see, it's fine because your skin is very bad at absorbing drugs that are not specifically designed as topical ointments yeah. and stuff. Like, because, yeah, you can get like you can get fucking THC lotion and shit that you rub into your arms and you'll get high from it. But if the drug is not specifically made for was it tra- transdermal? Transdermal. transdermal intake. It's not going to fucking work like that. 
and you're not going to die if you accidentally look at some fentanyl in real life. Yeah. There's that one video of the cop who OD'd because he picked up something. I've, I've yes. seen that video, and that video is not the result of a fentanyl overdose. It's so, the result of a fucking anxiety attack yeah. from being scared of fentanyl because, because there's like, so much fear-mongering. actually analyzed the video, and the way Do you want to fucking skip intro? Yeah. Yeah. And the way, that, <laughs> the way that just the cop acts, he literally just, like, touched it and then just, like, fell backwards. That's not how anyone would react on fentanyl. Like, even people who are on fentanyl just kind of, like, nod off where they're standing. You wouldn't just, like, touch it and then collapse. It was just him having an anxiety attack, and he fainted. Did you, did you watch his whole series on uh, Copaganda? No, I haven't. You should. It's really good. Oh. <laughs> uh... You still have somebody to talk about about your fucking YouTube videos. I watch a lot of uh, police body cam footage. Like, uh, I oh, watch this person, you know, didn't realize that five minutes would land them life in jail. Yeah, fucking God, I love Ewu Crew. It's so cringy, but I fucking love it. Uh, so Lowers had to make a payment plan for the fifty dollars he owed Casso. Casso stayed mad at him frequently berated him and on more than one occasion beat him up. But by mid-June, Lowers had finally paid Castle off. Yeah, the story that I had heard was that he just like routinely would be like, all right, come on, buddy. It's time for me to beat the shit out of you again. Probably. And like one story, he had come out from like behind a church and his jacket was torn and he had cuts on his face with blood dripping down and... That Ricky Castle was just regularly beating the fuck out of this dude, not even caring if he got the money back. Yeah, it was just because he wanted to beat the shit out of him for you know funsies. Mm-hmm. So uh, things seemed to be patched up between them, according to everybody who knew the two boys. On June nineteenth, Casso, along with two other acquaintances, Albert Quinones Quino- Quin- and Jimmy Troiano invited Lowers to go into the woods to get high and hang out. At first, Lowers didn't really want to go, but Casso offered to buy jelly donuts for everybody, and that persuaded Lowers. Oh, hell yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Richard Casserole, you tell me there's going to be jelly donuts at the function. I'm pulling up. (laughs) There's Okay, so... Let me just break your mom's heart more. So your friends are saying, hey, man, let's go to the woods. We got some PCP, some LSD, some fucking mescaline, mescaline pot. And you say no. And then they go, jelly donuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Crawlers? You got some crawlers? No. Bear claws? Let's go. <laughs> so. Seriously, in what world would the, like prospect of jelly donuts entice you to go into the woods with four people one of which who has been beating you up for drug money well so like here's the thing if my friends in high school invited me to go hang out in the woods with them and i said no i already knew there were going to be drugs in those woods right that's of course there were going to be drugs in those in those woods i know these people there they were going to have drugs I didn't know there were going to be jelly donuts. So when all of a sudden the jelly donuts are involved, if I just didn't feel like going out into the woods and getting high with my buddies, but now there's jelly donuts, I'll go to the woods. Okay. Not just get your own jelly donuts. I was about to donuts. say, I would rather eat jelly donuts no. in the comfort of my house No, I didn't than have money. Oh, I didn't have money. I love how you they say had jelly I didn't have money, as if this is something that has happened to you as well. I'm going to assume... I, it's, Putting myself in, I'm putting him in my shoes. Actually, I don't think you want to be in his shoes. His Nikes that yeah. were subsequently found in a shallow yeah. grave later. So they, along with a few random other acquaintances, found a spot in the woods to make a bonfire. But they had a hard time getting the wet wood to burn. Lowers took off his socks to burn, then cut off the sleeves of his jean jacket to burn them too. Oh yeah, no. So he didn't cut them off. Uh, Casso, like, threatened to continue beating the shit out of him if he didn't cut them off. Yeah. And then also forced him to cut off uh, some of his hair to keep the fire going. Hair doesn't burn well. It yeah. can help you start a yeah. fire. Yeah. So the teens did what they normally did, which amounted to lots of drugs. Now, again, I'm only going by what was rep- reported. Yeah. The four of them had taken a total of 40 tabs of LSD. 
That is 10 tabs each. Mm -hmm. And smoked 17 baggies of PCP. That's a thing. You'll hear people call it a tin strip. I did a tin strip last weekend. Yeah. As I didn't, I'm not saying I did a tin strip last weekend. I don't do drugs anymore. But today, certain. No, I don't. I, y'all, I really, I've been thinking about it. I might just go full blown sober. <laughs> no, I really might. Uh, I have, I have fucking. Edge. No, I'm not gonna. Cali sober. No, just... no, no, no. Sober, sober. I'm, I'm like over it. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm over it. I've I've partied harder on Tuesdays than most people har- party on Saturdays. It's I'm I'm over it You've at this it point in my life. Uh, I haven't seen it all. No, I was very careful You've when I did my partying. I've seen all that I care to see. Yeah. And so like I was fucking thinking about it the other day. I haven't I haven't really smoked weed in like probably I mean I've hit a blunt here or there, but I haven't sat down like, I'm going to get high tonight in months and months at this point, probably close to six months. And, you know, I've maybe a couple of pills here or there, mainly actually for my knees, but I'm just fucking over it. I don't really like drinking anymore. Getting high makes me anxious on weed. Makes me really, really anxious. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just over it. I just might go sober. Okay, and more respect to you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> Don put his fist to his heart and then held it in the air. <laughs> I'm just getting started. No. Um... <laughs> Here we go. Get back to it. This podcast is powered by Podbean Podcast Hosting. Are you thinking about starting your own podcast? Are looking for the best home for your podcast? Check out all the amazing features Podbean offers with unlimited bandwidth and storage for an affordable price. That's right, unlimited. Visit www.podbean.com forward slash unlimited to check it out today. It's podbean.com forward slash unlimited. So as the night wore on, the rest of the hangers, hangers on drifted away, leaving the four of them alone. That's Quinones, Troiano, Casso, and Lowers. Yes. What happened next, we may never know exactly. Yeah, I know. This is super muddied. Yeah, we do know this. At one point, Casso and Troiano began beating and kicking Lowers. Then Casso took out his knife and began stabbing Lowers. Quinones would later testify that Troiano held Lowers down while Casso stabbed him. However, Troiano denies this. Troiano admits to helping Casso drag Lowers' body away deeper into the woods and covering it with some brush. But Lowers suddenly sat up and Casso freaked out. Casso said he stabbed him multiple times in the face until Lowers was finally and truly dead. Um, it's weird that I not put the most important thing in here. <laughs> Did you really not? I apparently did. You miss the thing that this case is known <laughs> for. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, while he was stabbing him, I didn't put it in. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. So while Casso was stabbing uh, Lowers, he began over and over repeatedly saying, "Say you love Satan. Say you love Satan. Say you love Satan." To which Lowers finally said, "I love my mom." Yep. Which is probably the saddest final words I've ever. Heard. Yeah. Well, especially if he's fucking. A tin strip, bud? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, you were, you're on another planet at that point. And, like, to for anyone who doesn't, like, know psychedelics or know anybody in their life who has done psychedelics and has told them about the experience, it's, like, movies and TV shows do it wrong. They do, like, a, a funny version of it for for TV to make normal people like understand not degenerates like me who did tons and tons of drugs, but it's, you don't like have an out of body experience on LSD. You don't think you're on another planet. I say on another planet, like as a hyperbole, but it's, I never did a whole fucking tin strip. I did like maybe three tabs in a night before, but 
it just makes everything super, super intense, and it makes you wildly aware of everything that's going on around you in, like, a really weird way. And there's some really heavy visual effects that you have. It's almost like everything that you're looking at is through really wavy water. So how is DMT different from LSD? DMT I never did is DMT, an out-of-body experience. But supposedly DMT is like you you pass out, yeah. basically, and you have the, the craziest fucking dream you've ever had. And it's an insanely vivid dream. DMT is actually a drug that I've looked into a lot because just the stories people have about seeing... The entities, like the machine elves and shit like that. Yeah, it's it's Without always elves, isn't it? It's always elves. It's yeah. always elves. Or gnomes. Yeah, it's elves, gnomes, or like other, en- like specific entities. Don't talk about the gnomes, they're right there. Now, I've heard that there's like a lot of geogra- or, uh, geometry involved with the Probably, like yeah. mm-hmm. and shit. Uh, there are actually gnomes right, right there. Oh, there's actually. <laughs> um, no, one one of it's basically pe- people say that they meet different interpretations of God. Right. Like one, uh, a guy was talking about uh, a a lady that he met that was uh, turning up and down the volume of the world. Basically, yeah. And he was like, "What else can you show me?" She was like, "What else do you want to see?" Crazy, crazy, out-of-body secrets of the universe type shit. My brother was telling me that uh, he knew this guy who, like, went and did DMT. He didn't see him for a couple days. The next time my brother saw this guy, it was like he had gone on uh, a trip out of the country for a year and come back as a different person. Like, he was not the same. I didn't ask. Probably 50-50 shot, though. It's it's gonna go one of two ways. Cause see, I also know that with D and T, you've got to be careful because if you take antidepressants, it can cause a serotonin. Um, I forget what it's called. Basically, too much serotonin in your brain. Yeah, an yeah, overdose? yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but basically, an overdose of serotonin. Same thing happens to people who do uh, way too much MDMA. Yeah. Now, what is MDMA? Artificial serotonin. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, you would know it as, uh, ecstasy. ecstasy. Okay. Ecstasy. Molly's not a real fucking thing. (laughs) I always get Molly and MDMA confused. I always think that they're the same thing. Anybody, you probably know this already. Anybody in this town who tells you that they have done Molly did meth. Yep. (laughs) That's, you laugh. Not a joke. It goes around every couple of years, somebody gets the bright idea, probably the same fucking person, to sell crystal meth as Molly. And they'll crush it up and snort it, which is how a lot of people do meth. Most people don't really smoke meth. Um, because that that song popped off. Pop Molly, I'm sweating years and years and years ago. So this happens, like I said, every couple of years, all of a sudden, everyone from the ages of like 15 to 20 will start saying, yeah, I know this guy that's got some Molly and you know, a guy that has some methamphetamine (laughs) is what that is. And maybe with something else cut into it to make it a little different from meth, but most of the meth heads like, that are around my age group got started on meth because they thought they were doing Molly. Okay. I honestly thought Molly was just another name for ecstasy. So did I. Sometimes they'll call it that, but it's in this town, that's what it, that's what it is, particularly Fernandina and Yuli. Okay. It's really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. It's because it's Florida. Everything in Florida it's is fucking Florida, meth. man. God damn it. <laughs> Florida, we, we are the Walter White of America. No, we're the we're the season one Jesse Pinkman of America. <laughs> yeah, true. So Skinny Pete of America. There Honestly, you go. no, because Skinny Pete is actually like a respectable character near the end. I take that back. At the end, we're we're season one Skinny Pete though. Oh, like meth dealing. Not even dealing, just meth doing. Yeah. No, I thought he was doing meth as well. Was he? I thought he was one of Jesse's 
like dealers. Like yeah. The oh end. yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. He was uh, with Badger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember all the names. <laughs> I, I'm still I've trying seen... to remember. What is it? Unfortunately, Tico? like Tuco. Tuco. One year ago, Breaking Bad memes just started taking Instagram by storm. Yeah. And it just never died off. Nope. Like they are still as popular as ever. It's another and show so I need to go just, back and watch yeah. again. Yeah. It's just constantly just blasting my brain with freaking Fucking bad knowledge. Ruben and I were talking about this and we fully derailed the story at this point. But Aaron Paul Aaron Paul is maybe one of the most talented actors of the generation. Oh, definitely. And they routinely, aside from breaking bad, give this man the worst most uninteresting roles. If you're about to tell me that Todd from BoJack Horseman is not an interesting role. Yeah, but he was like just his voice, right? Because I didn't actually watch BoJack Horseman. It was no. never okay, interesting so, to no. me. No, there's okay, so, no way that I'm ever going to do BoJack Horseman justice without telling you just watch BoJack Horseman. Okay. But so, for example, the... And, and Aaron Paul's amazing in it, by the way. It's, uh, maybe I'm thinking that his his voice was... It was just his voice at the end of one episode of Black Mirror. Uh, famously, Aaron Paul agreed to be uh, just a voice at the end of an episode of Black Mirror. And when he agreed to do that, he said, I'll do it as long as it doesn't disqualify me from starring in an episode later. Because he loves Black Mirror. Finally, Charlie Brooker, creator of Black Mirror, he writes all the episodes, sometimes in collaboration with other people, but he writes every episode. He gave Aaron Paul his episode, and I it came out like just the other day. I was so fucking excited. I stayed up. It was 3 a.m. when it hit Netflix. You must be lonely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it's, it, came, it came up. I was so fucking excited. I skipped straight to it. It was like the third episode in the new season, and I was so excited. It was an hour and 20 minutes long. I'm like, yes, they're giving Aaron Paul a long episode. It was maybe the worst episode of Black Mirror that Charlie Brooker has ever written. Can I confess something that is make, probably going to make you think less of me? Yeah. When you posted that Facebook thing about Aaron Paul's episode, uh huh, my brain thought you were talking about Logan Paul. <laughs> no, why? I don't know because my brain, I, I honestly, I think of Aaron Paul. He's Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. that's the name that pops that's in my head fair. when I see him. <laughs> that's that's so fair. The only other people I know that have the last name Paul is Logan Paul and his brother. Aaron Paul, whatever, Jake Paul, Paul. who cares? Why do we have to know that? Because it gets us back into the script. So (laughs) after the hell it doesn't episode was terrible. I figured out the plot 15 minutes into it. And then I spent the entire episode being anxious that I was going to be right about how predictable it was. And I was go on. So after the, the murder, Casso and Troiano threw the knife off a bridge and the three of them, Casso, Troiano and Quinones, Swore, agreed never to tell anyone. But Casso couldn't keep his end of the bargain. No, of course not. He's a fucking attention-hungry little bitch boy. He told several friends what he'd done. Not to express remorse, but to brag about it. Laughing. Most of them didn't believe him. It was a story too gruesome to be real. That's like the Pazuzu case, too, where... Pazuzu, every time someone would come over, he'd be like, hey, if anyone tries to escape my basement, you make sure they don't leave the house. And they'd be like, okay, this guy's fucking crazy, right? He doesn't have a person in his basement. It's the the same shit. Yeah. So Casso decided to prove it. Over the course of a few days, he took several friends, anywhere from a dozen to 20, to Lauer's decomposing remains in order to brag about what he'd done. And I'm sure he was so happy to do it. He probably thought he was so cool. Oh, yeah. My question is, why did it take so many days for anybody he took out there to fucking report it? Because are you going to be the one to report Ricky Casso, the one showing you the decomposing body of the man he stabbed to death? But the thing is, if you do an anonymous tip. and I don't think anonymous tips existed back then, did they? Uh, Fucking prove it was me, bitch. Yeah. So, um, however, uh, shockingly, not one of the sightseers told the police or even a parent. However, one girl did tell Casso he should at least cover up the remains. 
Two weeks went by after Lauer's murder, but his parents had done little more than ask a few of his friends, including Casso, if they had seen him. Lauer's often ran away again, like I said, so his parents just assumed he had done so again. Meanwhile, the smell of his decomposing remains was becoming overwhelming, even outside the woods. So Casso, Casso and Troiano decided they needed to bury him. They dug a shallow grave next to where he lay, then pushed him into it. Because they were so decomposed, his skull fell off while they were moving his remains. Casso found this very amusing. I'm sure. So Casso and Troiano figured that they had gotten away with the murder, and now that Lowers was buried, they probably wouldn't ever be caught. They began making plans for the future, and they decided to hitchhike to California, where they could support themselves selling drugs and start a new life. That's not the most 80s thing. Oh, yeah. Dude, Matt, we got to go to California. How are we going to get there, dude? Dude, we'll hitchhike. We'll just, just stick out the thumb, dude. Yeah, just stick out the thumb. Just our backpacks, just you and me, a couple yeah. of backpacks, now, drugs. Now, you, bro, you may have to suck some dude's dick once in a while. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I was kind of expecting you to suck the dick. No, Matt, no. I'm I'm exit only. Look, no, it's going to be a fair trade. We'll take turns. <laughs> okay, you take the dudes, I'll take the women. No. <laughs> no, dude. Oh my god. Oh. It's 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 hard getting back into the rhythm of things. Especially when you have somebody who's just staring at you. Yeah, no. It's it's my it's my day off and I'm listening to Phil and Ned here talk about sucking hitchhiker dick. No, dude, we're the hitchhikers. We suck the dudes who's giving us a ride, man. What would they be called? The hitchhikers? The drivers. Er. Yes. So, just after they left, someone heard about how Casso had confessed to murdering Lowers and would take people out to the woods to gawk at his remains. And this anonymous someone told the police. So, it wasn't even somebody who went out and saw it. Yeah. It was basically the guy's like, I'm telling. It's, I feel like a couple of people probably did tell the police. I know I heard for sure that one person called the police and left a tip. It was a, a woman. And when the police asked her her name, she just hung up. Oh, yeah. There's your anonymous tip. Exactly. It's there. Now it's anonymous. Yeah. And I feel like more than one of those people, prob- and the police, the police didn't go investigate. Right. They assumed it was a prank call. Mm-hmm. It's the same shit that happened with Pazuzu, where people would be like, hey, this fucking dude with shark teeth says that he killed people and he has them buried in his backyard or covered in bleach and kitty litter in his basement. Maybe go look. And they're like, ah, we'll go knock on the door. Uh, he said there was nothing going on, so we just left and we're not going to worry about it. Yeah, and I feel like it's the same thing. It's always the same thing with these like quote unquote Satanist murderers. Yeah. Which was hilarious. Well, about to say it's hilarious because, you know, as hardcore as police were in the whole satanic investigation thing uh-huh. in the 80s. But I think this is kind of one of the things that kind of kicked it all off. Because, again, it was 1984. Four. Yeah. So at first, the police blew the collar off because there had been no missing person report on Lowers. There was no crime to investigate. But, perhaps tipped off by the overwhelming smell that was emanating from Astachia Woods, they did eventually follow up on it. Using cadaver dogs, police discovered Lauer's remains buried in a shallow grave on July 4th. An autopsy would show that he died from dozens of stab wounds to his back and face, particularly around his left eye. Meanwhile, Casso and Troiano had made it to Chicago, but they lost their interest in their plan to go to California. They missed their friends, so they sold some drugs and used the proceeds to buy a cheap car and drove it back to Northport. When they got back to Northport, they still didn't know that what the police had been that the police had been tipped off. They partied with their friends, and when the party was over, they crashed out in their car. But someone reported the car as, as suspicious to police. The first responding officer saw Castle and Troiano sleeping inside and knew immediately who they were. He called for backup. The two woke up to 18 officers surrounding them, guns drawn. Now, images of a wild-eyed, handcuffed Casso wearing an ACDC t-shirt quickly spread across the country. Which, if you look up Ricky Casso, there's only one picture of Ricky Casso, pretty much. Yeah. And that's him hissing. 
Oh, no, I, I saw a couple different yeah, pictures. But I it, think I saw, like, yearbook photos. Yeah, but, I mean, as far as the main, like, news article picture, yeah. it's always the same picture. Well, it's they always fucking... They'll pick the scary-looking picture, and then they'll stick with it because it's the most sensational thing. And, like, yeah, I see his mugshot here. Yeah, I'm talking about where he's, his mouth he's, looks like he's kind of, like, yeah, that's he was hissing. You can actually see the video footage ah. as he was walking in. He looked towards the camera and hissed because he's a badass. What a fucking poser! <laughs> so images. I said that. So police also quest question. Police also arrested Quinones, who quickly made a deal: immunity from prosecution in exchange for his testimony. That's a good deal. Yeah, and based on his testimony, both Casso and Troyano were charged with the murder of Gary Lowers. Now, while he at first denied it, under questioning, Casso confessed. He never gave a reason for why he killed Lowers, but he did say that while he was stabbing him, he was shouting satanic stuff. Oh, I did put it in. Sorry. <laughs> Quinones said that Casso yelled at Lowers, say you love Satan, a line that would be repeated endlessly in newsprint, glossy magazines, and television screens. Because can't you just hang a tagline oh, off yeah. of it? The, so good. The say you love Satan killer. Yeah. I mean... But Casso, it was, who was the who was the serial killer that was the Satanist? It was Rick, uh, Ramirez. Uh, Ramirez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did something really similar with like a victim that he let live. Yeah. I think where he like turned around and was like, "Say you love Satan." Yeah. Or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. We'll cover him in detail. I'm sure we will. I can't believe we didn't work that into our Satanic Panic series. Just got longer. No, it didn't. Fuck you. <laughs> nope. That'll be an after dark episode. <laughs> So by now, the media had got... I'm sorry, but Casso would never face trial. The day after his arrest, on July 7th, 1984, he hanged himself in his cell. Another running theme with all these fucking poser Satanist yeah. murderers they is they, they never go all the way to trial. Yeah. They they unalive in their jail cells. Right. So by now, the media had gotten wind of Casso's suppo supposed Satanism, mostly thanks to a police press... Uh, press release stating he belonged to a satanic cult and performed satanic rituals. Now, in 1984, the satanic panic was just getting into high gear, and the Casso case was just the kind of red meat it fed on. Casso and his accomplices were everything the moralizing reactionaries warned us about. Druggies, Satanists, and people who listened to heavy metal. The media circus went on for months, inspiring numerous talk show hosts and TV specials, including 2020 and Geraldo Rivera. His 1998 or 1988 primetime special, Devil Worship, Exposing Satan's Underground, uh, featured the Casso case and was just the kind of serious, fair-minded journalism you'd expect from Geraldo in the 80s. With Quinones immune and Casso dead, Troiano was now the only member of the trio who was going to face trial. The only evidence the prosecution had was Quinones' testimony. Troiano's story uh, changed from one day to the next, and he explained to his lawyer it's hard to remember exactly what happened when the trees are melting and the stars are rushing around. <laughs> Which does not help you. No. It does not. So this was the key to his defense, but Quinones and Troiano admitted to having taken at least 10 tabs of acid and each having smoked multiple bags of PCP. Neither of their testimonies could be believed. The stab wounds in Lowers' yeah. back could indicate he had been held down, as Quinones claimed. But it could also indicate that Lowers was passed out when Casso attacked him. Without any concrete evidence tying Troiano to the actual murder, he was found not guilty. So while the satanic panic had been in full swing since 1980, it had originated with fears about Satanists and child care facilities. Did you have the thing about the, the lion? Or the tiger? Uh, I don't know anymore. Well, let me finish. I'm almost done here. Uh -huh. And then we'll, we'll see. Because there's something else that I, I need to speak okay. of. The Raven. So um, before the Castle case, the religious right had only recently begun attributing Satanism and ritual abuse to rock music and Dungeons and Dragons. The Castle case gave rocket fuel to the allegations that heavy metal music was a gateway to hell, exerting mind control powers over helpless teens, brainwashing them into worshiping Satan and committing murder. It's somewhere Ronnie James Dio was just like throwing up the horns. Yeah, <laughs> which actually is because his mother or grandmother was Romanian. Uh-huh. And that was like the evil eye. That was like protection. Ah. So he was kind of doing it. 
in the most fucking adorable way, it was like a tribute to his grandmother. Really? Really. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. And it got turned because of satanic panic. That became the goat horns. Wow. The devil horns. Yeah. But it all Sick. started with James D- Ronnie James Dio just like kind of shouting out his grandmother. Fucking metal is actually so wholesome. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like fucking Slipknot. I've seen like Slipknot concerts. Like the other night, I watched a video where Corey Taylor or Slipknot. You think Slipknot. They're like these big burly. Rah, rah, rah. Oh, yeah. He'll like stop if people are getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah. He actually stop. Every goes, metal band is like that. You know, he's like, there's somebody was like on the ground. He's like, what the, f- what is that? What are you looking at? And stopped the whole show because somebody was like laying on the ground and he actually go, are you okay? You're okay. Okay. And they started back up again. Yep. But I mean, it was just like fucking, you know, you, you see who's, I hate him now because of his, his, uh, Aaron lead singer stained Aaron. Oh, I can't remember his name now. It's Aaron something. Yeah. Thomas. I know. Aaron. Yeah. Anyway. You know, he was like, saw a girl that was like being crowd surfed. Uh-huh. And she was like a 14 year old. Yeah. And from the stage, he saw somebody like cop a feel on her. Uh-huh. And he stopped the show and said, I will beat your fucking ass. Yeah. But so, yeah. And that is super common in like, like I think a lead singer of a day to remember has been known to do that quite a few times. Or he even called out uh, security. Security was fucking with somebody in the audience one time. Yeah. And uh, I think it's Jeremy McKinnon, the lead singer of a day to remember. He fucking stopped the show and called out the security guards and was like, I will have no security at this show. If that's how you guys are going to fucking act, I will have all of you removed. I saw a video the other night where uh, Kurt Cobain was doing like crowd surfing. Uh-huh. And when he got back on stage, he like, I can't remember if he accidentally hit the security guard with his guitar or if it was on purpose. I can't remember now. Uh-huh. But Kurt Cobain got back on stage and the security guard punched him in the face on stage. And fucking Dave Grohl, you, saw, <laughs> you see Dave Grohl's drum kit just like fall forward as Dave Grohl shoves his drum kit to get from behind it to get in front of. With uh-huh. That. It was like, damn, Dave. This is, you know, early Dave Grohl. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. So, um, yeah, this is committing murder. So the backlash, particularly in the Bible Belt, was severe. Heavy metal band T-shirts were banned in schools. Posters ripped from teenagers' walls and burned, and cassettes and albums destroyed. But Satan has always been an easy scapegoat. No one wants to look at the fact that Casso started doing serious drugs at an early age, a red flag for abuse victims. No one wants to acknowledge that the seemingly normal parents kicked out their mentally ill teenage son, leaving him to sleep in the woods, the floor of his friend's house, or whatever garage he could get into. It seems like there was a lot more going on with Casso, but since he took his own life so young, we'll never really know the whole story. And um, there was another article that I just didn't feel like getting too much into about all the different ways that Ricky Casso has influenced pop culture. Mm-hmm. Multiple punk bands have, have made songs about Ricky Casso. But the the most the biggest one that stands out, and we talked about this off the air, uh, was the song Teenage Dirtbag by Wheatus. Yeah. That song, the the guy who wrote Teenage Dirtbag actually uh-huh. lived in Northport, Rhode Island. Oh really? Northport, New York at the time he knew of Ricky Casso. So oh. that song is kind of inspired by Ricky Casso. Teenage dirt. Yeah, you know, two tickets to Iron Maiden and listen to yeah. Iron Maiden, baby. So that wraps up the Ricky Casso story. I'm that song stuck in my head for the next month and You're a half welcome. now, by the way. I actually saw something about when you get like a line from a song stuck in your head. Uh-huh. If you know the song and you know the line, but it's just going over and over and over yeah. in your head. The best thing you can do is listen to the song. Yeah. Because basically the reason it keeps playing in your head is your brain is trying to complete a task. Oh. So if you listen to the song, your brain completes that task and it'll get the song out of your head. So my brain will do that, right? But with like a single line from a movie or TV show. Yeah, it's done that to me. For some reason, I'll wake up in the morning with a song stuck in my head. I don't know oh, where yeah. it comes from, but it's just there. And it's always like some obscure song. I'm like, why the fuck am I uh, even thinking of this? Dude, it happened to me the other day. Uh, I had, uh, oh no, I, I know why it happened. Uh, are, are you still up to date on Dungeons and Daddies? Yes. Uh, so they did the, the parody of Space Oddity. 
Yes. So I had to go to work that day and listen to Space Oddity like seven times <laughs> on repeat. And then immediately after that, I'm like, oh, well, I listened to Space Oddity. I've got to listen to Life on Mars, too. <laughs> so it's I just let my phone play after that, man. And I think it gave me every single good song that came out in the 70s. Yeah. Like ev- every single one. It was it was running like Queen, Billy Joel, just all of it back to back to back to back. All yeah. bangers. Have you played with the Spotify DJ? No. Yeah. Is that's that's their new fucking AI thing? Yeah. It's Spotify already worked off of an AI. <laughs> it's just a buzzword. <laughs> but now you no, know, but now you've actually got an AI voice. Was it's all I'm Xavier him. and you can call me X. You know, and you could play like five songs. We're going to mix it up now. We're going to play something you haven't listened to in a while. Here's such and such by so-and-so. And it plays the song. It just... I hate it. Yeah, it'll, <laughs> it'll tell me like, hey, you're you're really into folk music, aren't you? Here's Ed Sheeran. And I'm like, oh. I don't want... it's, it's all top 40s. That's the thing. Not, mine it's, plays like old shit. I'll, I'll give it a shot and see what it does for me because I listen to like exclusively lately. I've been listening to uh, only bad singers with acoustic guitars and drug problems. Okay. I didn't know that was a genre, but go on. Mom it's, it's, jeans, modern baseball, um, American football, uh, neutral milk hotel. That's a good one. No, no, no. Those bands have drum kits. Oh, we're just talking like a dude with a guitar. A dude, a dude with a guitar who's sad about uh, overcoming his heroin addiction. Talking about Pat the Bunny, Johnny Don Disco. Um, that would be your Elliot Smith. Come on, I, I don't, don't know, know Elliot Smith. Smith. No, Elliot Smith is no. I it's been it's been a lot of folk punk like AJJ. It's yeah, I know. It's I I don't want to be that dude that's like. The music I listen to is pretty obscure, but it's it's got a cult following. I feel like the music I listen to is somewhat obscure. That's because you grew up with this guy, too, so you got like... No, he won't listen to half the shit that I listen to. No, I like, know. He refuses. But... I don't refuse. The music that you listen to is indirectly inspired by the music that he had you growing up on. You know we're still recording. Yeah, I know. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> I I try to get into obscure music. I just it I have a certain type of music that I enjoy mm-hmm. listening to. Like I discovered Poor Man's Poison. I don't know if you ever heard them. Mm-mm, That's I don't the song think so. Hell is Coming With Me and um Feed the Machine. It's kind of like um you remember American Horse uh, American murder music? Mm-mm. The, the guy from Terrace Zdanich from Repo. American who, who Murder Was songs. he in Repo? He was the grave robber. Oh, oh, okay. He and another guy. I played it for you before. The, I'm sure you It was you like have. The, the 1800s music, but it was all about murder. <laughs> no. Anyways. I, I, I'm sure you've played it for yeah. me, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's it's like that. Um, Kind of got a, it's, it's kind of like a folky, like dark music. See, it's, that's what I've been really into is a lot of really folky stuff. Yeah. Like sometimes mountain goats too. I love mountain goats. Like the animal or there's a man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, you, you play just sound effects of <laughs> mountain goats, uh, buying just over and over again. Yeah. Have you ever watched a show called moral oral? No. Really good. And they actually use a, I think a couple of songs from the mountain goats in it. I love mountain goats. Um, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the folk bands I listen to are either kind of depressing or too polished. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. See, that's I'll I'll put you onto some shit. Oh, I could put you on some. Shit. I don't think he understands why I told him we're still recording. It's because he's playing with the loudest knife in the room, and he's sitting about five feet from the microphone. So we're gonna wrap up this this uh, story. <laughs> uh, we've only got one more. Well, two more episodes, but one, one more, more topic. story. One more story. One more story, and then Satan's getting behind us. Get behind us, Satan. And on top of us? Well, maybe. Depends on how well you want to enjoy your night. Um, or how far you want to get to California. <laughs> Dude, Matt, I, I can't do it this time, man. He's got horns. 
But that's gonna make it so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Something to hold on to. It's, this this dude's like three times as horny as all the other dudes. <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you for listening. Uh, I have been Don. Uh, I've been Josh, a.k.a. whatever I said at the beginning. Big Book of Bullshit. A.k.a. the Big Book of Bullshit. And I've been Brandon. Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Be good to yourselves. Shout out the plant babies. Shout out to the plant babies. Uh, Thank you for visiting our town or whatever Ruben says each week. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.